Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I, as always, am R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the hidden messages within dreams. So, just as a heads up, if you have dreams you'd like interpreted, uh, the lines will be open in the not-too-distant few minutes. Now. Yeah. Call in if you have a dream you would like interpreted. Okay. Absolutely. And this is the perfect day to do it. It is mm -hmm. one Akbal, mm -hmm. and the guide tribe is Akbal as well. Very interesting. And when we decided to do dreams, we hadn't really been tying the two together. It shows you how we are synchronized with the Mayan calendar. Always have been, always will be. And that's all people, not just us. Yes. That's everybody on Earth mm -hmm. is synchronized this way. And Akbal is the, time, uh, the tribe of the dream time and the dreamer on the subconscious mind. Uh-huh. And being a tone one, it's a day to really open up and have the idea come in. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is w how we create is we pull the information from the dream time into the wake time, yeah. and that's manifest. The Aborigines see that there is no difference between the sleep time, the dream time, and the wake time, and that they're the same thing. Just like the activity of picking up a pen and uh, thinking of the pen and picking up the pen, are all one action. They're not mm -hmm. separated. Uh, dreaming is a very powerful thing that uh, very little credit is uh, given to. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the opposite, oh, that's just a dream. That doesn't count. Mm -hmm. That's just a dream. Pipe dreams. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everything that was ever done by mankind, everything that was ever done uh, was dreamt. It has to have been dreamt before it was done. It has to have been thought of. Mm -hmm. And dreaming is a form of thinking that we do know, we have no respect for as a group. And uh, it's, it, we really, we're doing this program to change that perception. Mm -hmm. Dreaming is a very powerful form of thinking. It is certainly not nothing. And if you wanted to really frighten someone, tell them you'll dream them gone, and they will just fold like a basket of laundry, you for example. You tell them you'll dream them cute. Yeah. Dream them. I will dream I mean, you such and such. have a dream that such. you're cute and you're nice yeah. and you're funny. Yeah, absolutely. It's so powerful, but not on the surface of your mind, which well, means it's likely to be very powerful. There are a lot of very advanced techniques of creating within your dreams. The um, Sonoy culture is probably one of the most well-known cultures for actively participating in their dreams. Mm -hmm. And in our advanced dreaming classes, we get into ways to do that. But the thing is, is you can consciously interact with what's going on in the dream. The dream time, and we titled this The Hidden Messages Within Dreams for a very real uh, reason, is because your consciousness, your higher consciousness, your body consciousness, your emotions, and your mental consciousness all speak to you, your conscious mind, via dreams. Mm -hmm. And you can speak to your spirit guides, people in spirit. It's really a grand central station, so to speak, or a relay station of information is to go into the dream time. And we can create because we are not confined with the restrictions, let's say, of physical reality. Mm -hmm. So to have a good relationship with your dream time, see it as being a very real and valid thing you can start powerfully creating in your life. Another thing that is not apparent to us is, um, you know, you say, well, my dreams disappear. I, I don't remember my dreams. They're gone. Vapor. Uh, no, not really. 
when you do recall a dream that is so powerfully written in your mind that it can take years. Before. I can remember dreams I had years and years, mm -hmm. childhood dreams, mm -hmm. dreams that happened so very long ago. And I, it is one of the seamless memory methods which are very important to watch for. If someone tells you a really good story, you're likely to be able to repeat it. Okay, well, did you memorize it? Did you have any idea you were going to repeat it? No, I was so fascinated by the story that it wrote a memory track. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and dreams are the same way. You know, I, in my research and exploration of dreams, I have found that those dreams you had when you were young really reveal a lot about what we came here to experience and to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I have people do in the dream workshops is to write down the dreams that they can remember from their childhood. Uh -huh. Because especially if you're new at recording your dreams or exploring your dream time at all, it's a good idea to write down the dreams, especially the really powerful ones that you can remember. Some from childhood, adolescence, and, and adulthood. It tells you a lot. It, we leave clues for ourselves, particularly mm -hmm. those ones that you never forget, like you're talking about. Yeah, I wondered who was going to be our first dreamer to call in, and uh, they have called in. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, I'm Carrie. How are you, Mary? How are you, Neville? Hey, okay. fun. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. Happy New Year. Well, oh, thank you. Happy. You too. <laughs> okay, I had a dream uh, a while ago. Um, and I actually, I had another dream last night. It has to be with the ocean and with waves. Uh -huh. And the dream I had a, you know, a few months ago, maybe a month ago, was where I'm about to jump in the ocean because I see a dolphin. And I'm excited to see the dolphin, so I jump in the ocean towards the dolphin. And behind me, a little girl jumps behind me, and she's drowning. And I'm desperate to go to the, towards the dolphin, but I see the girl behind me drowning. So I go and pull the little girl from the water, and I put her in the shore, and then I went back into the ocean towards the dolphin, and the dolphin comes to me, and I close my eyes, and the dolphin puts its beak on my, on my forehead. And it was wow. like, it was just that, and it was like a blue light coming into my dream. Yeah. And I woke up. <laughs> wow, that is really a powerful dream. Those, to me, ocean dreams are that high-level spiritual place, yeah. at least to me. And the fact that you went back for that little girl, it's talking about your spiritual growth and your advancement and evolution. Because on, from a biological standpoint, dolphins really have evolved past the point of, of where the human beings have evolved. Yeah. Yeah. And that you went back for the little girl, the part of you that wasn't quite ready... Yeah. And you put her in that safe place, which means you listened to them, but you mm -hmm. didn't let, you listened to your fears, became bigger than them, and didn't let that stop you. And then the dolphin putting the blue light into your forehead is which very is, much your mystical, spiritual. Yeah, code for a third eye awakening mm -hmm. in dream time. Things are so exciting when they occur in dream time. I if love you it, bring yeah. the memory back with them. And just to, uh, as you were saying, the ocean represents the spirit pool that is us, the human, we, the people kind. And that is our mm -hmm. collective unconsciousness. So quite a few things to pull out of the uh, collective unconscious. I thought when you went back for the dolphin, you were going to rescue the dolphin, too. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> 
But they don't Sounds care like for the land dolphin, so much. Dolphin they, saved you. Yeah, they, they left the ocean for a while, a very, very long time ago, and walked around on land and decided they did not care for it and went back to the ocean. Mm. If you think about it, the ocean is a zero-gravity environment. Ocean, yeah. Well, yeah. unless you're really far down there. <laughs> yeah, but still, you're... you're pressure. Yeah, but you, you know are weightless yeah, when you're in true. the water. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, the reality one would prefer. It's more like the force presses you down than pulls you down. So that's kind of a, a very yeah. different reality. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, well, thank you for that dream. That was really wonderful. And you could even feel the spiritual connection that that was representing. To me, in my dreams, whenever I dream of this color of blue, it represents the cosmic intelligence, God, Allah, Goddess, yeah. uh, whatever we would like to call that cosmic consciousness that is the summary of all of our thoughts and all mm -hmm. that is, it always comes in this level of blue. As a matter of fact, in one dream I was rounding a corner of this path and I saw this body of water, this color of blue that, well, it wasn't really blue, it was a color I've never seen in this reality. The closest thing I could say is a very electric blue, although it was not that blue, and I've seen that a number of times in my dreams. It's very significant a, for me. Yeah. Um, Do we have another caller? Call? Okay. okay. Uh, there is a cycle. We're always in cycles, and the sleep cycle is a very interesting one in that you can wake up, and there's a moment where a lot of things are solved if you want to bring them into your conscious mind, and uh, that's a very powerful method because that solving is a method by which you sum up your dreams. I have lately, uh, in building the Merkava when I first awake, I go into a place where uh, I ask for a review of all dreams from the night before. And then they usually run through quickly in symbol form, and I can tap a symbol and get it to open. But the, uh, and then a lot of times I'm just not going to do that. But I mean, <coughs> it is possible to uh, call for your review of dreams when mm -hmm. you awaken. Absolutely. And, and receive information on those lines. Yeah, there, there are yeah. a lot of different techniques um, for remembering your dreams and things like that. Mm -hmm. One really easy one to remember is caffeine is a good way to increase your visualization. Not, I mean, your memory of dreams, yeah, but your experience of them mm -hmm. uh, in your, in your um, mind there um, that makes it easier to retrieve. But you don't want to take the caffeine too far before bedtime or it will do the opposite. But yeah. Just a little. And warm milk is very good as well. And mm -hmm. so warm milk with a little chocolate in it might be the perfect thing to have if you're having difficulty remembering your dreams. But not a lot. Just a little before you go to bed because the warm milk and the calcium help you to stay asleep. Mm -hmm. Now there are occasional dreams that are way-showing dreams that... Mm -hmm are pivotal in your life that you probably will not be remembering where you made a decision as to which college you were going to go or you know made a decision about who you might uh, uh, marry who you might become uh, you know interactive with what job you might take mm -hmm. what what you came here on earth to do uh, to recognize and that'll come <coughs> pardon me in a symbol form which yeah is that's, very interesting. that was my point too that um, the language is very symbolic, and it's not because it's that you're not ready to hear it, or it's not because this knowledge is too esoteric or, or too mysterious for you to hear. 
it's that the normal communication <coughs> means that we have in physical reality, which is language and visual and uh, sensory uh, type of communication, is too slow, it's too dense, and it oscillates just way too slow, does not carry enough information. It's the difference between a dial-up connection to broadband or, or a fiber optic type of a connection. And when you get that higher level connection, it's not slowed down enough to fit into those words. And the thing is, is um, we communicate in symbols because that's it's a higher form of words. But it's, it, it, and the way I look at it is a word is like a bite of information and a symbol is a packet of a huge quantity of information. Yeah. And it comes in the form of feelings and utilizes certain senses and feelings that we have that are not utilized with language. And so that's why it appears to have hidden meanings. Yeah. The more you understand your own symbolism, the more that meaning becomes very clear to you. And it can be seen very simply. And it's no longer mysterious and it's no longer hidden. Very powerful to create your own symbolic language. or Not, not as much create it, but define it and to understand it. Well, that's another thing that we get absolutely no practice in. Um, our children, we, we give them the alphabet, and then that leads to words, and then probably the child will begin reading whatever interests the child, and on and on, and that's more or less where it begins and ends. You can be 900 years old and never have moved beyond the alphabet. And what is beyond the alphabet is symbols. So a game anyone might play that um, in telepathy, a lot of telepathy is uh, broadcasting a symbol to someone, which, and they don't know this, and they don't know what the symbol is, and they have no idea that they received the symbol and translated it into behavior. Just no clue about yeah. that. So something that any of us might do, um, and in the galactic uh, history lessons that go on, uh, there is the point at which we practice changing anything you would like into symbol and then speak the, or draw or however the symbol is communicated, send that to someone else, even if it's visually so they can see the symbol, and see if they understand what you're saying because it's well beyond, uh, well beyond words and well, you know, alphabet. I, I, that's really interesting, and, and I... You, you're uh, very correct about all that. I mean, it's, it's a very rich resource. And I think um, in, in our physical reality evolution or path of understanding, we've looked at emotions or feelings as being a lesser form of oh, consciousness, no. but it yeah. really is not. And in the Seth books, he talked about that symbolic communication more as a feeling tone, and I really love that. I... In my higher exploration in meditative states, I can sit there and let's say I'm driving or riding in the car and I go through different, a little town I pass through and there's this whole feeling tone of the town and then you go to the next place and you read a book and it's a feeling tone which is so much vaster than any intellectual knowing. Yeah. And that symbolism can come in not just in symbols, it can come in objects, everyday objects, that become a representation of some larger concept. And that idea of sending the symbols, in the divination class I taught, um, I still teach, but this was from a prior version, I had everyone make their own stones, or divination stones, like rune stones, 
but you use symbols from your dreams and just different symbols that have meant something to mm -hmm. you over time. Mm -hmm. And what I did is had a bag of stones and everybody that came over to the house, I had them draw on one, a symbol that meant something to them and add to the list the description of what that meant. Mm -hmm. And then it came, I, I had this incredibly wonderful, vibrant, that could never come from one mind only, this divination tool. And uh, I would uh, pull that back out because it was really profound. Maybe we can do it on the show sometime. Yeah. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Diane in Tucson. Oh, Diane. Hey, right. I was going to call you today, so I'm yeah. so glad you called. Yeah. You're very telepathic, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, divine timing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been having a dream since my operation. And it has been, um, I, I get to a place, and there's a bunch of pieces on the ground, and I pick them all up and turn them into a mosaic picture. And then I leave the place. And wow. go on my journey again, and go in another house, and find pieces on the floor, and I pick them up, and I turn them into a picture, and I leave again. Mm -hmm. And it's always pictures of, like, the, the sky and comets and... Wow. Uh, Diane, that is beautiful. That is beautiful because you could see that as the past, past lives, present lives, future lives, oh, the yeah. simultaneous lives that you go into. You put the puzzle together. You understand exactly. the bigger picture. And it's always this larger concept, mm -hmm. the cosmos. And yeah, the it, comets. It, it, it's always, it started after my operation. Mm -hmm. And I guess they took all the pieces and puzzled me back together. But <laughs> That's quite an operation right. they got yeah. going there. Yeah. Well, comets but, is an interesting uh, factor in that, you know, as we're aware, Mark Twain uh, is associated with uh, life and death. Uh, coinciding with uh, the appearance and reappearance of Halley's Comet. So you may yeah. have been one of those comet writers if we are reading this as a uh, journal of past lives, which I believe is accurate. And also the people that actually did this, the ancient, it doesn't matter which culture you put in there, because mosaics, uh, certainly Romans, certainly mm -hmm. Greek. Absolutely. Right. Where the uh, lasting method of um, creating art this idea of the mosaic, so uh, which brings up Mose Allison and also Mozart, but that's another uh, dream well, <laughs> association. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of started a burning back in in me of of art again. Yeah, which I've that's, that's what the dream. So long. So there's the fruit and, of your dream uh, to go yeah. uh, return to the art end of things. I've had dreams where I've been to my own opening, and being who I am, I specifically memorized all of the works of art that were there, which were mine to begin with, but I wanted to bring them back to the conscious mind, uh, and therefore uh, uh, did that very thing. Interesting. Mm. Landscapes. One time it was all landscapes. Yeah. Other time yeah, it's all interiors cool. of houses. Well, since everything ex it coexists on, on all dimensional levels, the fact that your body was being put back together, the things that were to be inside, inside, the things that were not to not, that you were also doing that on a mental and 
emotional and spiritual level as well is sorting through building your core self and that that was representative um, symbolically and literally of putting your life back together and all the times that you have and that how you put it back together is to see the bigger picture which is looking up and, and that. So that's brilliant. That's, Thank you. That's a, the very first dream I had while I was in the hospital oh. was one of of say of hearing this is the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Well, that would make sense then that the sky had been shattered and you had to rebuild the sky as the first thing. Your connection, the crown chakra and the connection to the rest of the universe mm -hmm. to put this bunch of pieces into place. That well, it was sense. funny when I listened to the word mosaic, I was hearing no say sick. <laughs> because honestly, I know it may sound funny, but the things that sound similar um, that can be mistaken for the same thing um, really do uh, s exist in the subconscious, unconscious mind and do emerge in the dreams. Sayings like, I had the dream about the piece of cake sitting there and yeah. kept getting on my clothes and it was telling me that that was a piece of cake, literally, and pulling well, your leg. and a whole mechanism of uh, puns mm -hmm. that we uh, are not privy to. And sound alikes. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's saying I no say sick. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so no, cool. no say well, sick means you're not ever, you know, never say sick, never say never again. But thank you. Thank you, Diane. Well, that was a great thank you. Day. It's good to hear you guys' voice. I've been out of the loop for about a month. So yeah, I'm well, we're, <laughs> we are so happy that you are back and calling. And we are still planning on coming out, so I'll call you about that. It just may not coincide okay. with the mineral show. Um, because okay. of well, that's that, no uh, problem. live lines rather than deadlines that, we, <laughs> that I have. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All righty. Thanks. Love you, God. Love yeah. you, Tucson folks, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very interesting way we're discussing the idea of the symbols mm -hmm. uh, as the, a method of understanding that we have, but it is nowhere close to conscious. Our, our understanding of symbolism mm -hmm. is not actually, uh, uh, well, you know, the international no smoking, no this, no that, yeah. that symbol, okay, which is virtually a letter at this point. You know, so the very, very broad base, yes, but um, more obscure symbols. I dreamt that I um, had a uh, obsidian raven, and it came to life and began not to fly but to walk. Hmm. And I was just fascinated by this being, and uh, that's my only memory of it. It walked across a tan rug. And I was stunned at it. Uh, and then there, that set off a series of dreams where I dreamt things into existence to modify the field. I dreamt uh, a crystal bowl that when you ring this bowl in the presence of the ringing, you could levitate things. Well, that's, uh, that I feel is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But we don't see it in 3D. Mm-hmm. So, apparently then, quite apparently, the dreams are access to other dimensions. Well, they certainly are. And yeah. that's a very good point that you bring up. Just like this dimensional plane, our physical waking reality, is not one reality. If it were one reality, you wouldn't be able to drive to work and be stuck um, uh, in traffic yeah, and thinking about 
uh, being late for work and being mm -hmm. yelled at, and you you wouldn't be in all these different realities coexisting with listening to what's going on with the radio. We are multidimensional. Now, the thing about the dream time, the dream time is everything that is not this physical reality. And so it's through that portal of going into the dream time and you, that you can go to any one of these dimensional planes. And I think everyone can remember those dreams you wake up and you feel f completely fulfilled and large and really connected to all that is. And then those other dreams where it's, it's, uh, you've gone to a place that you've been to before in your dreams, and you can even remember being there before in other dreams. It, these really are locations. They're just not physical locations. Yeah. Oh, you know something I wanted to say, what you were saying? That I, I just realized what symbols do. Another way to describe them is they cut out distance between you and your, your knowing. Mm -hmm. For instance, if I have to say a full book of information to describe something, time being distance, because time yeah. is just a measurement of distance, that puts me way far away of my knowing about what is being described. If I have a symbol, a representation, like the word car representing a car, I don't have to drive the car in every time, that I am much, much closer to my knowing. So symbols cut out the distance between you and your knowing. Yeah, and... In our normal, <coughs> pardon me, 3D reality, fear, doubt, worry, and guilt is the distance between anything and you. Well, yep, if that's true too. I believe of, that. Yeah, so then, therefore, symbols are not yet associated with guilt. Correct. Okay, so what's the symbol for guilt? It'll crash the whole matrix, and we can go to another planet. The symbol for this guilt. Even is the circle with the line through it because ah, whatever yeah, you go. are going to do is going to have a circle with a line through it because guilt will not let you get there. Guilt is this force field created by, well, I'm going to say religion. And mm -hmm. um, I, it, the thing is, is in the dark ages, religion, uh, Christianity was birthed in order to control people through superstition rather than military action. Now, that yeah. I'm not saying that spirit is just a control thing, but we've certainly used it. Well, religion is certainly Okay, we won't get on, on that subject since okay. this is dreams. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary and Neville. This is Marlene. Marlene. Hi, Marlene. What's good to hear from you. It's nice to talk to you guys. Um, I've had a, a couple of dreams with a similar theme. I was hoping that I could get your insights on. Sure. That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, I, I've had... Um, Three dreams now where animals have turned into people. The first dream was um, a dog that transformed into this beautiful little boy. The second one was a dog that transformed into a, a helpful woman. And the third one was a horse that turned into a man. And I, I, I you know, these have all occurred within the past couple of months, and I'm not sure what to make of it. Well, if you... One, one approach, and then I'll ponder it and get some other ideas, but, but um, dogs can represent loyalty, and dogs are often spirit guides in, in dreams. It's something that I, just from analyzing so many dreams over the years, mm -hmm. often there is an animal, and it may not be in the foreground, which is usually what we place our attention on when we're looking at the dream, but dogs are often present as spirit guides in dreams. So if we look at it as 
the loyal spirit guy turning into a boy and then into a woman and into the horse turning into the man and horse is very representative of dream power, dreaming power. Power, yeah. Then I would look at what was going on in the story uh, when the dog turned into the boy because it, what it may be saying is in that circumstance or something that felt similar, turning into what the the boy might represent, that boy in your dream might be a good idea. Maybe we could get some more information after you share some of your general thoughts. Well, the <coughs> dog turning into the helpful woman would be about self, certainly. And uh, so that's apparent in the idea of being loyal to yourself would be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And that's a direct connection. Now, when, that one. when the boy turned yep. into the dog, mm-hmm. or the dog turned into the boy, excuse me, yeah. um, at some point, I'm sure the boy had turned into the dog, but maybe that was before you became uh, aware of it. What was going on in the story? You know, um, that's the part that wasn't really clear in that first dream. Okay. The first dream where the boy, where the dog turned into the boy, that that wasn't wasn't very clear. Though you know, it was just what, uh, okay, what kind what of about dog the... was it? Um, it was uh, there was a white dog. Both times the dogs were pure white. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's all about spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's. A, I was thinking spirit guide, mm-hmm. and then you what would about say, the horse. Well, what what happened when the when he, the woman the dog turned into the woman? Well, was there um, any storyline going on? Yeah. Um, the the dog and I were were going to a place I used to work and um, I we we walked in and I was gonna try and meet some friends for lunch and just just catch up and the the dog turned to me and said this place is like a prison mm-hmm. and there you, go. you know I said well you know I, I I explained to the dog well that's the way it has to be sometimes but the people inside are really very nice. Um, and then the dog and I left, and I, I, lost my, I lost my way. I didn't know how to get back home from there. And then the dog turned into this woman who well, you know, actually helped me find, find my way back home. See, that, that is really brilliant because that is your guidance, your inner guidance system, um, the dog. And what it's saying is even if he can't come in his real pure form, the, the white dog, and what that represents, that your guidance is never far away, and even within a prison, he can come into a form, or your guidance can come in the form of something that exists within the prison, and we're never really shut off from that guidance. Ah, that, that, that's, very, that, that's very insightful. That really helps very much. Yeah, oh, now good. tell us a little more about the horse. What color was the horse? Well, the horse, uh, the horse dream was a, was a little bit different. Um, I was watching the horse because the owner was out of town and I left for a couple hours and when I went back to check on the horse the horse was almost dead it was lying in 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 muddy water and it was almost dead and so I called a vet to come and fix the horse to get the horse well they did that Um, but then later in the dream I was talking to a man at a party, and I knew he was the horse. And uh-huh. I asked him, you know, who who did that to you? Because some somebody hurt him, and which is when he was a horse, which was why he was, you know, almost dying. Um, he wouldn't answer. 
and he just seemed kind of sinister then. You know something that I got when you said horse? I saw it H-O-A-R-S-E. And horse, the muddy water, it's that there's some emotion that you want to say, but it's being held back. And so your voice was what was dying rather than it really being a horse. Oh. And so when you talked to him, and again, it was giving you clues because you had a conversation, and then it became sinister. So it's this idea of judging your own words, your own oh. communication. Mm-hmm. That's very much wow. how breathing works. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. great because this has been puzzling me for you know a couple of months now as to why I have these dreams, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that that that's very helpful. Thank you very much. Oh, oh my pleasure. Welcome. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on? Uh, no, we can uh, move okay. on. Okay. We thank okay. you very yeah. much. Yeah, for yeah. That. I think that thank those you. were brilliant, and and it goes to show you that you can never look at one and say it's identical to the other just because exactly. they're animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. you guys have a, have a great evening, and I look you forward too. to seeing you soon. Well, oh, s- good. S- I mm-hmm. look forward to seeing you guys too. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it, it just goes to show you sometimes it can be very literal, or it can be very symbolic, and usually it's both. It's both, and it, and it is interesting too. The dream symbols of the horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There has to be a third. Mm-hmm. You know, literal and symbolic and yeah. uh, interdimensional. There's a lot of third places to put in there. Yeah. And interpreted is another one mm-hmm. uh, to put in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. dreams are a connection we're very unaware of. And it's amazing how our society puts this down. Now, we were talking in the car on the ride over about the idea of also addressing uh, what... Um, an issue. Issue means pre-decided. In other words, you would say, well, you debate an issue. No, no issue was ever debated. People spoke their uh, recalcitrant opinion, and that passed for the debate. So this concept of being able to change, and to change effortlessly, and we have the class coming up, Consciously Creating Your Life. This Mm. would be absolutely the fodder of that class. But our total inability to change, or stone-cold refusal to change. Uh, Robert McNamara, who was the guy that uh, took seatbelts out of airplanes and put them in cars. uh, He left them in the airplane also, right? Yes, he did. The idea was brought to cars by this man. And um, there was virtually no compliance, no use of the seatbelt. And then they began to... uh, bully people, you know, we'll give you a ticket. Now, you would think anybody in their right mind would immediately go, seatbelt, oh, what a good idea. Now, a friend of mine straightened me out on seatbelts a very long time ago, uh, and we got in the car, and he put his belt on, and he said, you know, I'm never comfortable in a car until I'm in the seatbelt. And so that made it possible to totally accept the idea of seatbelts. I'm more comfortable with it on because I don't care if you're John Wayne reincarnated. You're in a car that's doing 60 miles an hour and you don't have a seatbelt on. You are braced in one way or another at all times. So what is it with us that totally prevents us to just willingly change into a better us? I'll tell you. It's oppositional personality disorder. 
And programming. And programming. And habit. And habit. Well, well the, it's habit, and it's opposition to habit change. Yeah. And if you think about it, that habit is something that is programmed within us for a reason. It's like our autopilot so that we don't have to keep thinking about doing the same thing. Years ago, I worked in a restaurant, and they kept changing the rules. Like, at one point, they said you had to carry a tray with the salad plates on it to right. the table. Mm -hmm. And then other times, they said, no, you can't do that. You can't take the tray with you. You've got to go and memorize everything. They kept changing the rules, and each time they changed the rules, everybody rebelled against it and enlisted all the reasons why that was going to be a hard time, a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then finally, through prodding and forcing and reprimanding and punishing, people memorized the new habit. And then they changed it again. And I remember thinking at the time, it's going to be that way. All it is is a matter of memorizing this again, this new habit. So I just set about memorizing it right off the bat to ha become a habit. And I realized that what made it so easy is I bypassed the opposition. It's yeah. like we're set up to oppose anything that changes our habits. It's like yes. Yeah. What well, was it? Um, Paul Simon, the, the something or other is skeptical of changes in their cages in the song about uh, its parts of things. I don't know, but it sounds the, real funny. Yeah, the, um, this refusal to change mm -hmm. is our habit. Yes. Yeah. But and I think it's ingrained, and once we know that, we can be bigger than it. Anyhow, this is the byproduct of the class we're teaching, Consciously Creating, which is where we examine what habit and what made that so mm -hmm. recalcitrant within you. Yeah. And that is something Indeed. we can all use. Absolutely. Uh, it's the unconscious use of free will. That it must, we would serve ourselves well to address the idea that everything that happens in our life is something that we have chosen because that is, after all, the definition of free will. Free will and choice are synonyms. And you can always make a different choice. And we use our free will unconsciously to oppose our advance to become better people. And that's really, um, you know, we had, we had talked about having this service of um, cranial rectal extraction as a method by which uh, <laughs> therapy could be introduced to people. And um, there weren't any takers. There are a lot of people laugh. I can but only imagine what the device would look like. Yeah. <laughs> like no, you can crane do it with your physical and body. You, and you crank something no, and it just cranial, gradually... Crane. Or, no, I know, but no, okay. remove it. Yes. Okay. No, a plumber's Is it a forklift? Is it a... A plumber's a helper, plumber's a length helper? of rope, and a, a gravity are all involved. Or a big magnet that you stick to the person and another magnet, like in the cartoons, and it pulls. Here, swallow these magnets. You'll be fine. And uh, You're not going to swallow anything, are you? Okay. Well, anyhow, we have our next caller, which seems to be uh, timing uh, okay. grace. Perfect. So, hi, Perfect caller. Timing. What's your name, please? Hi, my name's Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Um, I, last time I saw you all was years ago, and I just wanted to say hello again. And mm -hmm. I just found you on the television just by chance, by oh, clicking wonderful. around. But I also wanted to tell you that your website, which, again, I haven't looked at in a long time, is beautiful. It's oh, thank just, you. And it's really fun to uh, roam around on it. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you can uh, enjoy. The, the reason I called was about a dream. And mine's on water, too, but mine's of more scary, violent water. Um, 
I'll give you three quick instances. Mm -hmm. uh, one is in, I'm in a room, and the room has no um, wall to it, and all of a sudden a huge wave comes in to about to engulf me and whoever else is in the room, um, and we're huddled on the other side of the room. Another is, I'm always seeming to be on the ocean or the water. It's dark, and I'm trying to balance myself on rocks that... They're just they're just on top of the water. It's not it. Normally you would just fall in, but I'm like on the water, walking on these rocks, ready to fall over. And then the third was trying to get in a car and opening the door, not realizing there's a flood all around. And luckily I got the door shut in time. But is that symbolizing perhaps what's going on in your life or? Well, I I feel yeah, that to. that especially the violent sea, the violent ocean can can be talking about uh, emotion often mm -hmm. because it's ocean in motion um, it can be that literal connection in the brain plus it represents some kind of, of a rage raging thing that's so vast and out of your control and being in a house with no walls implies that there's no boundaries that it's a boundary issue that somebody is washing over your boundaries and it's maybe inspiring anger that you do not feel you have a right to have so you keep swallowing it and that can even lead into the balance on the rocks because the rocks can be, sometimes the rocks is what you throw your body on to rest as you're swimming, but it can also represent blocks that are things that you want to say that aren't flowing and, and that you're standing on it trying to uh, balance on protocol, so to speak. And, and cars can often represent us mm -hmm. and going in our path through life and that other people's emotions you don't quite know what to do with or how to deal with it and so you opened up and then some of that started seeping in and you didn't know what to do and so you closed again which is a lot of people's habit to close up when they don't know what to do with um, mm -hmm. what's going on with other people or how other people are treating them and their yeah. feelings. Well, it's very interesting to say a room without walls um, and yet there were waves. Oh, uh, it cannot be a room if it doesn't have walls. That is the very definition of room. Unless you have no boundaries in your life. <laughs> yeah, no, Borders I'm with not people. disputing your no, no, no. interpretation. No, I, I just want to get this point. Mm -hmm. that, um, so, therefore, the waves were the walls. Mm, okay. And, and that would be the border. Okay. So, waves are also uh, where you... Uh, just let go of something, you wave it off. Mm -hmm. Okay, And uh, so that was a bid for a great, uh, almost indescribably large amount of freedom was going on in that, which is the truth behind uh, the fear every time. The fear keeps us from our freedom. It is the point of fear. Yeah. It's uh, fear's job, and it does a very good job, fear, that way. Now, the other uh, concept of... Uh, on the rocks, which is, of course, the way we describe anything that is um, leaving our life uh, for us. And, uh, and, and she said, try to balance on the rocks. In other words, you were attempting to create balance in good. something that was something not... Something rocky. Yeah, something that was rocky all the way around, which you're not going to do, especially because of the word try. I mean, that's just a giveaway. So you're trying, you're not doing it. Uh, and the car and the flood, and apparently the duck is going to arrive ahead of time. <laughs> but uh, we want to thank you for uh, calling well, car in. Car and the flood, do you have a minute to say? Uh, well, the um, car is our life, and mm -hmm. uh, closing the doors on it to stay away from the flood of 
emotions that are around us. Yeah. So it was the same thing as the others, only they were mapped out slightly different to see different approaches to yeah. the same thing. Yeah, well, thank you, Taylor. That was yeah. really no, brilliant. You. And I would, I would look in my life when you had the dreams and see if there was um, areas of your life where you felt like you weren't able to express yourself yeah. fully if you or if other no. people... What you was hit that? the nail on the head completely, perfectly. Yeah. Okay. If you have perfectly. the opportunity, come to the Consciously Creating Your Life class, which is on the 31st of this okay. month. Yeah, well, thank right. you, Taylor. Great yeah. to hear Thanks from so you. Much. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's anyone who would like to come. Here we go. Ah, there we go. Our, our famous And my little angel here. cards are back. Are people recognizing you now as the ducketeer? Yeah, she's you can't our, go anywhere She's without. our um, staff duck dangler now. Yeah. We have actual staff duck dangler. Expansiveness. Ooh. The very thought of that dream. Yes. The prevention of it. Mm -hmm. The fear of expansiveness. We have, you know, there's an amazing number of unconscious programs functioning in the average human being that mm -hmm. are designed to limit happiness. I mean, flat out limit mm -hmm. happiness. Well, we can rewrite that. I got yeah. spontaneity, which is so wonderful because it's about living in the moment. And it's, it's about allowing yourself to be to in the in. moment. Yeah. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Michael. Michael. What can we do for you? I was wondering if I could get a reading. Absolutely. For Mary, there's been my two of my closest friends have just left the area. And there's just been kind of a lot of change going on, and I sense a lot of change just in general in a lot of the relationships around me. And I was just wondering if I could get a reading. I'd be most happy to. What's Thank interesting you, is the very first card that we pulled is the ordinariness card. Now, it, it does contain the message that our real joy, our real happiness is contained in the moment, the ordinary moments, but we're always looking for these outstanding things before we acknowledge it but it's time to acknowledge. But this card for many years has come up to represent buying or selling real estate. And so the fact of the, the a lot of friends leaving or moving, and in effect, if our scenery changes, we literally are in a different location, whether we physically move or not. And I, I think that that's talking about some changes that are going on within you, where you're being put into a completely different place by virtue of your scenery changing and that the inclination may be to control or to try to hold things down to keep things familiar but it's much better to let them flow and the sorrow card is not about experiencing sorrow it's about going down in there and removing the sorrow and letting it out so that the blinds the sorrow blinds us from our life and let it spread in the blue sky come so it's saying don't be sad see or I know I'm, I know you're not saying that you're sad but not to be sad at the losses, but see at what opportunities it's opening up. Yeah, no such Because it's a w great time to rewrite yourself. Yeah, the, the word loss means gain. That's the definition. I know, of the that's word great. Loss. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And based on the idea of, of all of us, everything that happens in our life is a choice we've made, not necessarily consciously, but nonetheless. So, uh, my opinion is uh, very briefly stated that you outgrew your friends. And you are now in the market exactly, I agree. for the next group up, the next people. Because our friends are friends because they taunt us, because they get us to become greater than who it is we are. So let's go on to our next mm -hmm. caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Anna, and a Happy New Year. 
Um, I would like a reading, please. Okay, I'd be okay. most happy to. Thank you. All the people behind the camera were moving this direction and that direction. I was going to make a joke that you're making me seasick. <laughs> Not really. No, they're doing semaphore to communicate okay. with mm -hmm. us now. They're, it's interpretive dance. Okay, the first card we get, I shuffled and the sorrow card came up again. And what I feel it's communicating this time is you have been through some pain in your life. And what it is saying is sometimes uh, we have to be strong through the painful times in our life because of circumstances. And if we don't allow ourselves to sit and say, you know, I felt that and it's okay that it leaves, then it doesn't have to hover around. And I feel like the time is now for you to let go of any influences from the past in that way. The existence card comes up talking about becoming your own person. This, this woman is out in the middle of the cosmos seeing her and the universe. And it can represent starting your own business or being a private consultant. At any rate, getting, some, get, getting your creativity onto paper would be a really good idea right now. And the rebel is very much tied into that previous card that you work much better when you are the creative force behind it rather than just following commands. So if you find yourself in a job or a position where you're following commands or even a personal relationship, see it differently and see that you are really commanding them to command you for some purpose. Find a way to make it back in your power again and peace will be a lot. No, I've got that song, he's a rebel because he never ever does one. Actually, when you're a rebel, you are in a constant state of war. There Absolutely. There is no such thing as it's peace. It's like a chronic infection. Yeah, and then that's the concept of uh, diplomacy is always the way to go. Mm -hmm. The rebel and the diplomat are actually the same person at opposite ends of a spectrum, mm. but they are the same person. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, and any diplomat will be willing to declare war, but only oh. after all methods of diplomacy have... Well, what, discarded. Yeah, what's interesting is this idea of the infection. Mm -hmm. And we say, okay, this low-grade infection for a long period of time is not the optimum. It's not really what we want. Like a C-minus infection. But if we have some, an, an infection in our body, that fever is a very beneficial thing. Yeah. It kills it off. It moves it out of the way and helps us to move forward. And so the rebel serves a purpose, but not when we hold on to it chronically, yeah. as in anything. If you hold on to it chronically, it stops being a beneficial thing, mm -hmm. uh, at least in the short and, run. And we have our next caller. We do not have our next caller. Our next caller was abducted by aliens, and we'll call in next week to talk about that experience. Well, they are calling in. Don't you hear that? Beep, 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 beep. Well, it's like have, uh, that ticker tape thing from the 50s, yeah. the news report mm -hmm. coming in. So we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays later, mm -hmm. and we've had a huge amount of success. Uh, we're having the Self-Empowerment Protocols, which is the latest book, on the 23rd. And I'll be talking four or five hours on that subject, I think. I forget how long it is. But uh, uh, that's uh, on the 24th. The following day is Foundational Tarot. Mm -hmm. And that's where we explore a really unique way of getting to know the major and minor arcana without a lot of memorization, mm -hmm. studying the different symbols in it, and a lot of fun spreads. Is that where you make the foundation out of tarot decks? Yes, uh, and we have a call. <laughs> we do. 
Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yeah, hi. My name is Shaw, and uh, I got a quick question. Our reading. Uh, I've applied for a job, and I'm almost shortlisted, but I'm not sure. I was wondering if you could give me a reading, whether I got the job or not. Okay. Ah. Well, we can certainly see what we get here. Um, the completion card it, it really does feel like you are at a <clears throat> at a completion cycle in your life, which means beginning another one. And my feeling about that, I do feel like you're going to get a job fairly soon or that there's going to be an employment shift soon. I'm not really um, sure if it's connected directly to this one, um, although it could be. You're ready to, to move forward. And, and it's almost like that one might morph into a different type of a job opportunity, like another job other than the one that you may have interviewed for, which does happen. You go back and say, you know, we still want you, but not for that job, or some kind of shift within that. And it's saying to go with the flow and let things move because it's going to take you to a place, a much better place in the long run. And when I looked at that sharing card, it's almost like somebody turned a light on within it. You have so much to share and communicate, and I see so many compartments in you with filled with what would normally be like one person's uh, array of gifts or talents professionally and that um, I would certainly um, keep in mind that that could expand into a lot of different things and not to limit yourself right now because there's more opportunities coming and Absolutely. So don't worry. Speaking of more opportunities coming. Sorry to speed that up. For you the general public, we're going to be doing the full moon uh, with the quartz crystal bowls on the 30th and on the 31st is the opportunity to uh, begin to rewrite your relationship with the world uh, by rewriting your relationship with yourself and the consciously creating your life. Uh, on the 6th of February is uh, Tarot 2, the intuitive reading and counseling adaptation of Tarot. On the 13th of February is the uh, fire ceremony, nuclear February. And uh, on the 14th will be relationship with pain uh, with the EFT. Relationship with pain, that's funny. Well, that's what it it's says. EFT for relationship pain. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I see. That makes <laughs> I sense. Might have. Well, your relationship <laughs> with pain Maybe it was some Freudian thing when I was writing sense. it. I don't know. Makes a lot of sense. I've got pain. Well, What's then your relationship past lives, with that? what you can explore. And yeah, that's on I'll Valentine's Day. Past lives, fun. so... Uh, bring what's-his-name, and we'll see where you guys went. Yes. And then uh, the following three-day week, uh, the weekend, is the EFT training. EFT 1 and 2. Yes. And so. pretty soon, uh, we are having more and more workshops available online mm -hmm. and through IMU and through our website yeah. if you're looking to participate. And we can take live participation from outside of the uh -huh. uh, through Skype? location. Yeah. Skype and other tools. Yeah, that are growing. And this weekend is uh, yeah, um, Self-Empowerment Protocols and the Foundational mm -hmm. Tarot. I believe we mentioned so that. You, yeah, no, I'm saying it because it's this weekend coming up. If people are going, what do you want to do Saturday? Well, I would invite people to join the mailing list because yeah. I'm coming up with a new set of healing, the inner healing cards, which are really profound to explore your blocks and the healing and the blessing your in your situation. Your new tarot deck? Uh -huh, it's actually three tarot decks, yeah. but the first deck you pull from are to reveal unconscious beliefs that might be holding you back. The uh -huh. second is the healing for those. And the third is a blessing. 
So, come see us at Ruby Tuesdays if you're not doing anything, and provided this is indeed Thursday, the 21st of January, 2010. If it's not, Thursday. I, I was, um, I got word from above that we're allowed to say 2010 now. I'm waiting for 2020. I'm In expecting my vision to improve. Yes, good. If okay. man is still alive. More than likely. As I join honor to take you to the door. <laughs> <laughs>